pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Bringing a whole new attitude to your afternoon. I mean, you know how it is. Rocking and rolling and whatnot. You know, two dudes talking sports. Well, when I listen to those two clowns, you can't do nothing but get your roll on. Live from News Talk 1480 WHBC. It's a household name. It's a vibe, actually. It's the Kenny and JT Show. Have a great show! That's right. Come on in. 16 glorious degrees. It's a cold one outside here in the Hall of Fame city. And we're coming to you live in the corner of 6th and Market in this Hall of Fame city. It's the Kenny and JT show for a Tuesday. And we're going to start right here because Kenny's got the day off. Had to go to the dentist today. Poor little guy. He's having a tooth removed. And we all know how that goes, don't we? You remember that one time where I tried to do a show after I had come from Dr. Georgie. Not a good move, so we give him the day off and we wish him well. And once again, good afternoon and welcome. Sun is trying to peek through the clouds today. I know it's a cold one. You get out there and the first thing you see this morning is snow on the ground. What? Where did this come from? Why didn't you tell me, Brian Novak, we were going to have snow today? I, on the other hand, was smart this morning. Guess how I shoveled my snow? Still in my garage, ladies and gentlemen is my leaf blower. And I mean to tell you, it works. You don't have to bend over. You don't have to strain your back. I know it was a fluffy, light snow because it's so cold outside. But if you've never tried it before, get that still out there and get that snow removed. Before you drive over it, it gets packed out, and then you know what happens. It forms into ice. But I digress. Big night last night for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cavaliers take down the Buffalo... uh, Buffalo... Buffalo was on the other channel. Take down the Chicago Bulls. What are you doing there? So last night I'm watching a Cavs game, and I get text messages, are you watching the Buffalo game? Because the Buffalo game was ending, and then we're getting ready for Baker Mayfield, and we're going to get to that in a second. But the Cavaliers last night, kind of intriguing because we didn't know what to expect after the big trip over to Paris, France. And they've had a couple of days off, and we understand the fact that they're banged up too. I don't know what it is with these Cleveland sports teams. We saw it in baseball season. We saw it in the football season. And now, of course, with the basketball season. But the good news is this. Darius Garland was shooting around after the game last night. Still no timetable for his return. But the Cavaliers are now, believe it or not, 10-3 and without Mobley or Garland. That trade deadline's right around the corner, folks. February 8th, I believe. It's a Tuesday. 3 o'clock, Cavaliers score 40 points in the first quarter alone. Now, this team is falling in love with the three, but when they're dropping, does it matter? I don't know. But Georgie and Yang look good. Struess is still a little bit off. But we've got other guys that are really starting to help this team and and complement what we said they needed. They need to play complementary basketball, move the ball around, get more uh, uh, assists, Better scoring in the paint. Double doubles from Jared Allen. I mean, my goodness. It's his ninth straight double double, and they win going away 109 to 91. Now, it got close for a second there in the fourth quarter. If you're watching this game or listening to it here on News Talk 1480 WHBC, 
It got a little bit dicey there in the fourth quarter, but we see this all the time in an NBA game. When you jump out to a 20-point lead, two things happen. One, it's hard to hold on to that lead, and two, the other team usually in a frantic attempt to come back usually runs out of gas, and I think that's what we saw from Chicago. Don't know if you're paying much attention to this team, but they've been crashing the boards offensively, getting a lot of second-chance points, and albeit not playing the greatest competition, but you got to learn to win somewhere. And they're a little bit off the win total from last year, but what are, what are they now? 22 and 15? Uh, something like that. Obviously, it's the best record they've had so far this season. We hope that they can continue to do so. But tomorrow, we're going to find out because the Milwaukee Bucks are in town. Pre-game at 7 o'clock. Tip-off at 7.30. Milwaukee with Giannis Antetokounmpo going to come to town. And let's see how good the Cavaliers really are. We know one thing for sure. Donovan Mitchell is going to ball because he plays his best ball against better competition and or nationally televised games. Did I mention the trade deadlines coming up? Keep an eye on that. Today we're going to set a proper parlay bet. It's back. The greatest contest ever to hit the airwaves on the Kenny and JT show. It's the Giannino's Pizzeria Proper Parlay Bet of the Week. So we've got to come up with one and get a caller to play the game, and you'll be in line to win a $25 gift card. I think I know what direction I'm going in, but I'm not sure just yet. So hang in and listen to the program today, and we'll give you a chance to win that a little bit later on, or at least qualify to win it. Brian, I need, while you're typing, I need you to look up some Elton John music because I'm going to need some Elton John here in a second. Because before we get to that, let's just get back into this Tampa Bay game. Let's talk a little bit about Baker Mayfield, and then we'll get into Elton John. For everybody online and on social media screaming, see, see Andrew Barry, you should have kept Baker Mayfield. He's great. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles last night. They crushed him, really. But come on, man. This is a team we just told you had lost six of their last seven games. Now, when you consider the fact that that's a team that was in the Super Bowl last year and arguably could have won it, I think they only lost by three, a couple of things come to mind. It's an aging team, and it just kind of seemed to happen overnight. But the strength of that team, not unlike the San Francisco 49ers is, they have strength up front. And if they can rush the quarterback and stop the running game, that's when you're really a good team. And that's when they started out 10-1, and one, and then all of a sudden the wheels fell off. They don't get a push up front. Their linebackers are slow. And not to say that the Browns linebackers are slow, but everybody on that team seems slow against the Texans on Saturday, but I digress. The problem with the Philadelphia Eagles is this. Their defense is terrible. They don't tackle well, and they're not fast up front. Baker Mayfield looked great. I'm not going to lie to you. Obviously, he looked great. But when you've got receivers running wide open and you can run the ball, seemingly he could have his way with that team, and they blew them out. Super wild card weekend blowouts. Texans over the Browns, 45 to 14. Chiefs over the Dolphins, 26 to 7. Packers blow out the Dallas Cowboys, 48 32. The Bills over Pittsburgh last night, 31 to 17. That game could have been a little bit closer. But Tampa Bay crushes Philadelphia, 32 to 9. Only close game over the weekend in the Super Wild Card weekend is the Rams at the Lions, 24-23. So with eight teams remaining and five of the other six playoff teams blown out, 
There's your parody. So what it tells you is what I said about the Cleveland Browns all year. I need the Browns to be legitimate. I need them to be a 12-win team. Granted, they won 11 games. And we're not going to really compare it too much in depth because of the fact we know. And I'm going to use the excuse. I don't care what Kenny says. I'm going to say it this way. Coach of the year, Kevin Stefanski. This team with all the injuries, what did you expect? But the thing is this. To really be legitimate in my mind, this team has to be favored in almost every game. Not find ways to win on a missed field goal attempt by the San Francisco 49ers. Not to find a way to win at Indianapolis. And there were a lot of close calls. But they could have gone either way. And if they would have, instead of being 11-6 and six legitimately, you could have been 6-11. and 11. So when I consider the Browns and trying to really establish dominance in this AFC, what I need from them is to be a little bit more consistent. And maybe the consistency has to be being able to stay healthy. And when I think about being healthy in a football team, I think about strength and conditioning. I mean, is it just a matter of bad luck? Or is it really a matter of not being ready to go? Trust me, if anybody knows anything about bad luck, it's me. You catch a pass in a pregame warm-up, and for whatever reason, you just move a little bit differently, and bam! You break your collarbone, but I'm not the only person that that's ever happened to. That's bad luck. That's hard times, baby. But I don't know if it's just hard times when you consider the Cleveland Browns. And to get better, and they're going to have to make a lot of moves, and a lot of people think that a lot of moves will be made in the offseason, you have to start considering the players that are on the roster and what moves they can make. And that's why, at the bottom of the hour, we'll speak to Daryl Ryder, uh, from 92.3, the fan in Cleveland. And you can catch him at it at right or wrong fan on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. But the idea is this. Will they have enough capital to make this team better? We know they don't have any draft picks. Which takes you back into the whole consideration of, did they make the right call in making the trade for Deshaun Watson? The jury has got to be out because we don't get to see enough of this guy. What is it, 31 games he's played in like 12 of them? Now, his record will say that they're decent. But then again, his record is a little bit misleading because he gets credit for winning the Indianapolis game. He starts the game, he gets the credit. He didn't win that game. In fact, if he would have played that game, you might have lost it. We'll, we'll save that one for a little bit later on. And a lot of interesting conversation about to happen with Daryl Ryder because it's going to be interesting to see, and we know what's going to have to happen. And I think they need a little bit more firepower. And some of the things we talked about all season long was, and even before the season started, doesn't this team need more help at wide receiver? Again, most of these guys are banged up. Elijah Moore was just coming off a concussion in the Texans game. You saw Amari Cooper, he's banged up. You didn't have any of your backups. It's just a bad situation. And they were really undermanned. But I think there's still a way to make that thing better, and especially to make that position group better, and you still need to add to it. I'm telling you, they need to look long and hard and figure a way, my mind, to get T. Higgins out of Cincinnati. T. Higgins playing in the shadow of Jamar Chase. I think it's only a matter of time until he's a number one wideout, and I believe he should be the number one wide receiver of your Cleveland Browns. Tell me I'm wrong. We need somebody that's electrifying, and I know Amari Cooper at times was, but I don't see Amari Cooper, even though he had 265 yards, whatever it was, 
breaking bombs off and going over the top and really, you know, playing like Tyreek Hill. And I know there's only one Tyreek in the league, but we need somebody more electrifying. We need the most electrifying move in all of the NFL. We need the rock. Everything comes back to wrestling, doesn't it? Let's get into this thing last night real quick. The Emmys last night. Did you watch the Emmys? I didn't watch them, but I saw that Sir Elton John wins an Emmy, which means he's an official EGOT winner now. Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Six Grammy Awards, two Oscars, one Tony, and now the Emmy. That's right. Special is that? Elton John wins an Emmy last night for Elton John Live. Farewell from Dodger Stadium, which was streamed on Disney. Elton John becomes the 19th person to gain the rather elite club status of EGOT. Audrey Hepburn, Rita Moreno, Mel Brooks, my all-time favorite, Whoopi Goldberg, John Legend, Jennifer Hudson, Viola Davis. I didn't even know he had a special. I didn't know about it. Did you watch the Emmy Awards and was it any good? These award shows, they, they seem to drag on a little bit. But good news for Elton John. We always love Elton John music. thought it was interesting. When you win those awards, and like I said, there's only, what is it? 19 people have won all of these awards. Emmys, Grammys, Oscars, and Tonys. They call it the EGOT. Imagine how much money you must win and make when you win all those awards. Grammys alone are going to get you a couple of more songs when you're younger. I mean, we understand he's supposedly retiring or until he needs to travel again and go out on tour. NFL coaching vacancies aren't being filled yet, but we learned yesterday that uh, Jim Harbaugh supposedly met with the L.A. Chargers. I don't know if it was an interview. Belichick interviewed in Atlanta. Seattle's opening still there. The Raiders still there. Chargers, Carolina Panthers, Atlanta Falcons, Tennessee Titans, Washington Commanders. I might be missing one. Uh, the one I was thinking of was New England. They hired Jared May, who effectively becomes the youngest head coach in the National Football League at 37. But getting back to this game last night and watching this collapse of the Philadelphia Eagles and a team that was in the Super Bowl last year, it's hard to believe that they don't pick up a phone and call at least Bill Belichick. Right now, I believe all the powers in his corner. Who wouldn't want him? Jerry Jones got to be thinking about it. How can you not? Every sports talk show from here to Tim Buck too, or I'm, I'm sorry, Albuquerque, got to be talking about Bill Belichick today. I don't know if I'd want Bill Belichick to be my head football coach. And a lot of people are screaming for, and I can't believe they would do this, Kevin Stefanski. I thought we got past all of this. Kevin Stefanski is supposed to be the NFL coach of the year. I believe he should be. With all these injuries, forget about it. But the way they showed up and the way they played on Saturday, you know who the biggest supporter of the Cleveland Browns are today? Dallas Cowboys. 
and the Philadelphia Eagles. They take all the heat off the Cleveland Browns and Kevin Stefanski, but I still say he did a great job this year. Didn't seem to be too worried about just calling plays. I mean, what what were you going to do in a team that really couldn't run the ball all season effectively anyway? I think they had 100-yard rusher after Nick Chubb went down, and it was Jerome Ford in either the second or third game after the Nick Chubb injury, which is going to lead you back down the path of what do you need on this team? Maybe you need more running back help. Now, I look at it twofold. I don't think Jim Brown could have ran behind this offensive line this year. I just don't see it. Now, I know what you say. You look at it and say, yeah, but uh, Joe Flacco, in four of the five games he started, threw for over 300 yards. Yeah, fine. Pass blocking is always going to be, in my mind, easier than run blocking. Nobody's blowing up holes in that line. And we saw last night that when you can't run the ball, you get blown out like the Eagles did. You get blown out like the Browns did. You can't run play action if you can't run the ball. you got to try to at least run it a few times to set up play action. That's when it's effective. That's why it worked against teams like the Jets. But then again, teams like the Jets may have packed it in. So the last four or five victories, I'm not going to say they weren't good because there is parity in the NFL. And on any given Sunday or Thursday night, if you got Amazon, anybody can beat anyone. Does this team need fixing? That's my biggest question, and that's what I'm going to ask uh, Daryl Ryder when we have him on with us. Because it shouldn't really be that far away if they could get healthy. I just don't know if they can. I mean, if they can't get healthy on the offensive line, you really don't have a chance. And I also think this, and we've been rough on Miles Garrett since he's been here since day one. He had an outstanding season up until about four or five weeks ago. But about four or five weeks ago, we started hearing that he might be banged up. Remember when he got to the post-game press conference? I forget what game it was, down the stretch. It might have been the Bears. I'm getting held. I'm getting chipped. I'm getting hit illegally, and nothing ever came of it. I think he's injured, and I think you're going to find out in the next couple of weeks whether or not he has postseason surgery. I said it. I don't have any basis on this. I think his shoulder's messed up. We'll find out. Because if he's not, and I don't want to continue to make excuses, but I have to. I'm not an excusologist. There's a word for you. But I have to be, because if you can play lights out during the regular season and early on, how do you get to the playoffs and lay an egg and do nothing? And that is Miles Garrett. But then again, my mind still goes back to, do you believe in this team? Could you believe in this team? And the answer has got to have to be, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can believe in this team. They go on these runs, they win three games in a row, then they go out west, and they look like crap for two weeks when they went to Denver and L.A. Terrible. Turn things around, come back, win a couple of games here and there. Next thing you know, they're at 11 wins. I mean, they were floating around 500 when they went out west. But you've got to get on a roll, especially at the end of the season. I mean, look at the Texans. That's a team on a roll. Heck, maybe Tampa Bay is on a roll. Maybe I'm totally wrong about Baker Mayfield. But I'll remember when Baker Mayfield came into camp out of shape, overweight, slow, couldn't throw the ball. We always forget about that when they win a big game. But again, they played against a crap team in the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's see how good they do in front of Rory and the Lions.
We got something for you, Baker Mayfield. I saw online my buddy Frank Salona still upset that he planted that flag in Ohio Stadium. Me too, damn it! Except for when he played for the Browns, and we were begging for him to do it at Pittsburgh. <laughs> there he is. Baker Mayfield effectively gets Jason Kelsey to retire after 13 years as center of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's either Baker Mayfield in that blowout or he's tired of getting the crap kicked out of him in that stupid brotherly shove. Did you see Vita Vea? I mean, if anybody can stop it, it's a 500-pound defensive lineman and then another guy jumps over the pack and pulls the quarterback's head off. Should have been a penalty. Jalen Hurts. There's another quarterback. See, quarterbacks, man. Quarterback play. I'm telling you. Baker Mayfield definitely out, outshined him, didn't he? I'm not buying Baker Mayfield. I'm sorry. It's a one-year deal, okay? And here's the thing. Turn that off. He's playing effectively for his NFL career. So we've seen this. In years where you're playing for your NFL life in a contract situation, you should play better. But that team entirely played better. He had a great game. I'm not going to take it away from him. Do you want him to be your franchise quarterback? My answer is no. Although, would you rather have Baker Mayfield than Joe Flacco? No, we can't go down that road. We can't go down there. Hey, speaking of Joe Flacco, it's his birthday today. Happy 39th birthday. Number 15 in your program, number one in your heart, except on Saturday, Joe Flacco. Oh, Joe Flacco. Oh, Joe Flacco. You beat us so many times as a Raven and once as a Jet. But today you are a Cleveland Brown. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? Yeah. Coach would have put me in fourth quarter. We'd have been champions, no doubt. No doubt in my mind. Joe Flacco is one of about 26 or so free agents on the Cleveland Browns roster today. And we're going to find out whether or not they intend on keeping any of these guys, re-signing any of them. Kenny said yesterday, he made a really good point. Not a lot of players on this list that you would consider bringing back. Zadarius Smith's one. Sione Takitaki's another. Anthony Walker Jr., the linebacker, he can't stay healthy. He's got to be getting up there. I don't know what else they're going to do. JOK is not on this list. We're talking free agents, not extensions. So it'll be interesting. We'll find out more from it. And we'll talk to, uh, like I said, Daryl Ryder here at the bottom of the hour. Let's do this. Let's get our first break in right now. Uh, we have time at the bottom of the hour. We have time to get a phone call in or not? Probably not. Let's do this. Let's get our first break in. Take it to the bottom of the hour. We come back. Daryl Ryder joins the program. We're going to talk more Browns right here on the Tuesday edition. It is the Kenny and JT Show. It's Kenny and JT on WHBC.